the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Opinions expressed are not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, the station, or its advertisers. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. I want to welcome you to another Monday edition of Lifeline, coming to you from the Bay Area, precisely from the East Bay, the area of Hayward and Oakland and Fremont and Castro Valley, let's say Dublin, um, and it's a little overcast today. We had rain last night. Um, I'm sure some of you were glad to see that. So was I. It really means we are moving into that time of the year that um, we know is a marked change in our weather patterns. And so you want to be careful. You want to make sure that you are warm and cozy and are appropriately dressed when you leave leave your house today. This is Jesse Gissner. I just wanted to put that out there, as we often do, the host of this program on Mondays, Tuesday through Friday, Mr. Craig Roberts. Wills the Attila Dehan and that brings to you news and information and, and things of that sort as well. Um, glad to be with you. Our number is one triple eight three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. If I were to say um, there's a lot to talk about. That would be an understatement. There is so much going on today that the only way that you would uh, feel like um, life is boring um, or life is aimless or there's nothing going on is if you had your head in the sand. And I trust that you don't have your head in the sand and that you are operating on the uh, necessary swivel to make sure that you are able to be circumspect and see what's going on, what's taking place behind you, in front of you, all around you, because we are still in very challenging times, as you might know, here in uh, in California, as well as many states across the uh, nation and, and around the world. I mean, if you look at the geopolitical scenario right now, we are once again back in that um, period of... Um, of destabilization that used to take place right before, during, and shortly after 9-11. You remember when there was all of these uprisings and protests all across the Middle East, and uh, your news feeds were dominated by them, and every time you looked around, there was um, some group of folks protesting against their government, against the policies of their government, against uh, oppression, against tyranny, against uh, negligence of uh, the the plights and situations of the people abroad. Well, that was a spectacle at that time, and and society was 
definitely fixated on what was supposed to be uh, a, a real crisis. Once again, crisis is part of the uh, common staple of your media in order to condition you around fear, apprehension, anxiety, and it were to lead to depression and a loss of self-determination, a loss of uh, self-clarity, a loss of um, self-control, quite frankly, and and we're we're there again. I'm sure you are constantly being bombarded with what's going on. Unfortunately, again in the Middle East, uh, the regions of Israel, <clears throat> between Israel and Palestine, that is trying to become for you as we move to the end of the year, the most important thing on your plate. Uh, notwithstanding the fact that we are still dealing with increasing inflation uh, in the price of food and other goods, actually a diminishing of goods uh, uh, available to us. As we've told you over and over again, things are, are becoming quite shaky. As you, If you go about, I'm sure you're seeing this as I am, you can go about different facilities, different stores, different companies, with the exception of, let's say, your bigger sort of global Amazonian institutions like, you know, uh, Walmart and and uh, um, just some of your larger companies, uh, Home Depot, et cetera. You've got a few, but generally almost every other company that were staple institutions in America. What you begin to see is a diminishing of in-house goods. It's almost eerie. It's almost, you know, utopian, dystopian, if you will. When you go into a grocery store and you begin to see um, uh, a lowering of supplies, a lacking of supplies, a lacking of uh, different things that you are normally used to seeing in your stores. This is all by design. Things are gradually diminishing in terms of immediate access for you and I. Most of that stuff is going to be things that you will have to purchase online. This is all part of a move, a shift, a nudge, a departure from the carbon footprint activity of men and women getting in their cars, driving hither and yon, stopping purchasing with money, and then coming back home. All of that is gradually, incrementally, drip, drip, being removed from the equation so that what is abnormal in your thinking right now, something strange, isn't it? After a while, it'll be normal. You'll uh, you'll be uh, very much used to it. And that that is a second world status. That's a third world status. That's a society impoverished and used to going without a lot of things. That's where we are headed as we move into the um, Agenda 21, the goals 2000, the 2030 campaign of reset, which the world knows. You may not know, but the world knows and it's completely aware that these things are occurring. Now, you and I are not as bad off as other societies, and certainly California is not bad off as bad off as other states, but we will get there, too. That is in the makings. That's in the cards. You'll see that <clears throat> by the end of the year, especially as we are slated to go to war. We are headed to World War III. We are already there. Technically, it's just a matter of a few other players getting on board with the agenda. Whenever you can't get people to do what you want voluntarily, start a war. Start a war. Um, when they say peace, peace, 
Um, don't believe them because sudden destruction is on its way. That's your Bible. Your Bible is eternal truth, whether it's uh, the context of a historical event that took place in the first century, 10th century, first millennium, second millennium. The truth is wars are campaigns governed by money barons uh, and globalists and powers across the world because they change the geopolitical landscape and they bring human beings up under more control, uh, more total control by those who are in power. When they say peace, peace, do not believe them. Sudden destruction is on the way. Peace for those who rule means complete control over everything and everyone. That is totalitarian control. So when you hear our media, our government, our leaders talking about peace, they do not mean your tranquil peace with God or your tranquil peace economically or your tranquil peace physiologically, uh, mentally, spiritually. They mean the peace of absolute control over every aspect of your life. I was trying to figure out who is the donkey and who is Balaam. Um, it's a lesson I've been teaching our community over the last couple of weeks. I've been trying to figure out recently, you, you might want to help me with this. I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of being Socratic. I think I have an idea. Who is the donkey? Who is the ass? And who is to sue the same false prophet seeking to curse the real people of God? Is it is the ass, the neocons in Washington or the Zionist in Washington? Is the person being driven down a pathway of destruction, narrower and more narrower, the stupidity and the blindness of the most diabolical system of deception and propaganda the world has ever seen, talking about politics. When we use the term neocons, we are talking about the left and the right. We are talking about Hillary Clinton. We are talking about Bill Clinton. We are talking about Obama. We are certainly talking about Biden. That will also be added up. We are talking about the Bushes. They swing both ways to use a, a metaphor. They are bi-political uh, hacks. Um, playing a major role in shifting the power dynamics of the world. So which one is on top and which one is on bottom? We have not yet made it to Revelation chapter 17, the great harlot that sits upon the scarlet colored, scarlet colored beast. But we're headed in that direction uh, as we deal with the present neo conflict that's taking place politically around the world. Um, in a little while, we'll be able to identify the beast uh, in terms of the United Nations and NATO and other parties that are going to sucked right into this this big massive war in which our sons and daughters are going to be uh, hijacked and told that they must be a part of over the next couple of years if the Lord doesn't intervene. So what is my statement to you as we begin to deal with some uh, some things that I think are worthy of our discussion as the Bible would tell us? We'll be, doing, we'll be dealing with warning Christians to avoid the attitude and disposition of warmongering injustice. We'll be telling you as Christians, if you live by the sword, you'll die by the sword. We'll also be telling you as Christians to maintain a biblical worldview in relationship to all conflict narratives, 
Make sure you understand how the pendulum swings. Also, we'll talk about overcoming the propaganda of politics and religion again. Uh, artificial intelligence is playing a major role in manipulating men and women in terms of their perspective, their conceptions, and their conclusions. And we'll talk more about that. And uh, also, once again, I do want to say as I take a break for a moment that you need to be uh, counterintuitive and circumspect against your own prejudice broadly listen to all of the very important data out there and make sure you are not forced into a, a mere tunnel vision of the left-right narrative called CNN and even Fox News. You need to be broader than that. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. The number is one 367 When we come back, we'll go deeper. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. As we are, the time is 5.20 on November 6, 2023. One month to go after November, December. We move into the final closing weeks of this year, 2023. And it has been a very interesting year. I told our congregation a few months ago that uh, things are going to become much more destabilized and that things are going to get worse in the year 2024. Not trying to be Nostradamus, but there are there are what are called pattern recognition sort of syndromes, pattern recognition uh, methods and techniques that take place in our world, in our government. And, and as you get older, you can pick up on those patterns. I'm going to talk just a little bit about patterns today. Patterns are the way you recognize repeat sequences, uh, statements, activities. We all use them. This is how we uh, learn how to predict behavior because of patterns. Uh, psychologists use them. Psychiatrists use them. The justice system uses them. Um, all kinds of systems look for patterns in the world of science and technology. Patterns are absolutely um, an essential component to building and constructing hypothetical uh, blockchain uh, systems. Uh, this might be called predictive programming. It's certainly the case when it comes to surveillance technology going on in our world. This, this is the thought that comes to mind. Who is one of the most dangerous persons on the planet um, right now? Well, if you if you think about it, it wouldn't be someone that comes to your mind every you know thirty days or uh, every couple of weeks uh, via the media. Your media will not make mention of these persons. Hardly ever. They are hoping that these persons disappear from the planet, die of some kind of disease or uh, some kind of uh, assassination attack because they played a major role in exposing the lies of our government around freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, freedom of communication. Now, who am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about Julian Assange. Some of you guys know him. He's been buried and hidden away from the world because of his his touted, which will go down in history, WikiLeaks um, <clears throat> ministry. Uh, you can call it that of letting the world know what governments were really saying and what governments were really doing. He brought about a lot of damnation on our own government. I remember the time when um, when WikiLeaks exposed the fact that our government was surveilling and listening to and watching other governments around the world. We had gotten used to 
um, recognizing our government is uh, violating the laws and watching us and listening to what we're saying uh, because of Edward Snowden. Snowden made it very clear that NSA was a internal surveillance system that was doing exactly the opposite of what it says to you and I in the name of peace, peace, we're watching our enemies. No, they're watching us because data is critical to predictability and predictability is the way you actually control people that you want to manipulate into certain behavior patterns because of pattern pattern recognition systems are the syndrome of pattern recognition. You can manipulate people. I was just watching just here a moment ago um, how advanced uh, Israel is in their uh, surveillance technology system. They have uh, thousands of people that work for them and for Google and for Facebook. We talked about this about a year and a half ago, maybe two letting you know that uh, your governments are not asleep at the wheel when it comes to you and me. Um, it's very much aware, listening and watching for key words, key phrases, key terms that are stated, and now exponentially clued in on what you're doing via artificial intelligence. So the algorithms that are being governed by artificial intelligence allows the human element to be uh, minimized because you know human beings watching a camera are listening to people, even if it's a thousand of them, still can miss you if people want to get behind or through or under or around the gate of the um, of the uh, watchkeepers, the people that are watching you, the uh, biosecurity surveillance state, as Aaron uh, Cariotti has so clearly said, is happening. Every second of the day that you and I are talking before you know it, um, it will be in its what they call uh, singularity state. It'll be completely laid out and uh, and there'll be nothing that anyone can do if 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 the phase of war can actually accomplish what it is planning on doing now. So you might ask the question, what is this warmongering, uh, almost uh, addictive behavior on the part of governments all about? I, I told you initially it's about total control. It's about actually affecting a vision. This is what Daniel said in Daniel chapter 11, verse 7. And when they shall have finished their, I don't know, this is Revelation. I want to go to Daniel right now. I don't want to deal with Revelation. That's another portion of it. But Daniel says, and in those times there shall many stand up against the king of the south, also, the robbers of your people shall exalt themselves to establish the vision. The robbers of your people will exalt themselves to establish the vision. Now, there's a very uh, unkind close on that verse in Daniel chapter uh, 11, verse 14. You can look it up and you can look up the context as well. I'll give you a little bit of historiography and some application. But the last part of that line says, but they shall not stand. So what's going on in a verse where the robbers of your people um, shall seek to establish division? It has to do with those who pretend to be God's people. In this context, it was national Israel. The prophecy that Daniel was being told to understand had everything to do with the second beast, the Medo-Persian Empire, moving towards the third beast, the Roman Empire, which would have been about 300 years before the coming of Messiah, Hashim, Yeshua, Jesus, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Uh, that time, they were being warned that there would be these sort of pseudo-religious leaders 
who would seek to manipulate by power and establish the vision by power rather than submitting to the agenda and plan of God. And is that not an interesting verse in relationship to where we are today? And that's why I asked you the question, now who's the donkey, who's the ass, and who is Balaam the false prophet? Because what we have been dealing with here in America, in the West, for a millennium, I'll say half a millennium easily, uh, certainly four or five centuries, even prior to the establishing of the Americas, was an assumption and an assertion of a kind of eschatological outcome that is the consequence of wars shaping the world geopolitically and bringing us into such a global conflict that we end up with a one world government because men and women are so um beat down and devastated, as Daniel 7 puts it, wearing out the saints of the Most High God by changing laws and times and changing rules and regulations, which is what our world has been going through over the last 60, 70 years easily. The changing of laws, the changing of times, the changing of rules, the changing of policies, the changing and affecting of worldviews, the denying of literal historical scientific and verifiable uh, facts about the about things like nature and, and the idea of human beings and the whole concept of uh, of our world cosmologically and then sociologically and obviously spiritually. You and I are dealing with the deconstruction of society, a reforming of, uh, of the future, a reestablishing of the future predicated upon the power of technology to manipulate and deceive and coerce people through the Horsemen, the least the three horsemen, the red horse, the black horse and the the uh, bay horse, the horse of war, the horse of famine, economic manipulation, and then the, the horse of death to just bring people into a state where they ultimately say who can make war with the beast. You know what I'm talking about? Um, and that's this is a cycle. This here is the perilous pendulum that you and I have had to deal with all our lives. I'm almost 63. We'll be here in a few days and uh, I don't know anything about a sustained peace in our world. I've never seen a world really at peace. I've seen uh, small pauses of conflict near our home here in America, uh, but not never around the world. Around the world, there's always been war in Africa, war in India, war in the Middle East. There are, there's always been these enemies that our governments have told us are our sort of eternal foe. Like, you know, here here comes Iran again, becoming the, the boogeyman that you have to uh, now, you know, focus in on as the imminent threat around the world. Um, and this is called framing, you guys. This is when you are being told how to understand the landscape of conflict and you're being forced to take one side or the other. And I'm going to talk about that again when we come back, because I, I try to tell you all the time, do not get trapped by the left-right narrative. That's what the propaganda is all about. That's what your media uh, legacy technological system is all about, distracting you by information that is trying to get at you emotionally and to disrupt you and uproot you from sound, objective, critical analysis. Look at the whole thing. That's what your Bible says. Consider the whole matter. And, and intuition must not be cast to the wind as well. You still have to be critical about how you think about how you're thinking, as do I. We have to be critical about that. 
But nevertheless, your Bible will help you understand evil is evil no matter where it is. And whosoever kills with the sword is in danger of being killed with the sword. And justice requires us being blind to persons and ethnic groups and being blind to power dynamics. Uh, justice requires us being biblical. As Jesus said in John seven twenty four. judge righteous judgment. Do not judge according to appearance. Judging according to appearance is when you let the media tell you what to see and how to see it and how to feel about it. You and I must be rooted and grounded in biblical truth using a lens that is able to filter through the lies and show us the verity behind it, the truth behind it, veritas. And uh, and may God give us grace to be able to stand on the ground of truth because therein is righteousness. The lines are open, one 367 When I come back from the break, have a little bit more to say, and then we will go to the phone lines and begin to have a conversation. You're listening to the Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. All right, we're back. The number again is one 367 For those of you who um, find it your duty to stay up on information, stay up on the news, what is the uh, common connection between uh, Benjamin Netanyahu and Joe Biden? What do those two leaders have in common? Do you know? One triple eight three six seven five three two. Now I'll leave that up there as I our kind of um, question of the day. Love to hear from you on that. I thought it was very interesting, but also not surprising that there are major similarities between these two men who are now sitting together. I guess in some form of uh, collaboration around the, the debacle that is taking place for Israel. And I say debacle because uh, the major sentiment in the uh, state of Israel is that there was a major dropping of the ball on the part of Netanyahu when it came to uh, what happened on October 7th. Um how might I how might I put it this way? Uh, when the Silicon Valley globalist, which are all your scientists working together with your government, working together with your CIA, working together with all of your against again, uh, high in high tech surveillance uh, institutions um, are putting together their plans for for observing every aspect of your life and and gathering and amassing all the information that you've ever uh, written down, spoken or partaken of you and me. I might as well put myself in there as well um, for them to be able to have that kind of acute 24 hour um, activity and operation going on. And yet something as profoundly impactful as what happened to, um, let's say, 1,500 uh, Israeli citizens. We could parse that if we wanted to into about 350 military personnel, as well as some uh, 900 plus uh, citizens, uh, men, women, and children, as is stated by the media in Israel. That was for them exactly what the scripture says. When they say peace, peace, then sudden destruction. It was a major wake-up call for them that somehow their government was lying to them about safety. 
about protection, about an impenetrable peace that allowed their citizens to operate in a kind of presumption of freedom. And I've warned us about that as well, because, you know, it was just 9-11 couple of decades ago when that happened to us, did it not? And we were also scurrying about. This is what I mean by um, what did I say earlier? Um, uh, patterns, you know, predictable patterns. Um, we were scurrying about trying to figure out how that happened. And many of us raised the question. It's virtually impossible for us to believe that our government is as studious and as alert as it says it was. Um, and says it is for us to allow such a sort of um, unconventional attack to occur. And, and you know, if, if, and there are people who are much deeper in this kind of analysis than yours truly, who will tell you that both the methods and the timing of those events, as well as the place where those events took place, whether it was for us, 9-11-2001, with the uh, Twin Towers in, um, in in New York, or whether it was what took place here just recently for um, the Jewish people in relationship to Hamas and the Palestinians just 50 years prior, almost to the day of another conflict they had, it tells us that these kinds of uh, battles are not only strategic, but they have some kind of uh, timetable methodology employed as well. And so we we see these kinds of things uh, taking place and they cause us to raise the question when we pick up on these kind of patterns that are that are occurring, these kind of systematic events that happen in a way by which we can begin to predict at least the inherent message that is going on in what's stated. Um, above and beyond that, we are to simply be both alarmed and uh, dismayed, um, and especially if you have a level of humanity dwelling in you, because we should hate war, and we should hate death, and we should hate harm, But in order to hate war and hate death and hate harm, you got to hate lies. I told you all wars are a consequence of lies. Pastor, what are you talking about? Genesis chapter three, verse one through seven. The first war assaulted upon the human race by the talking snake was a war of lies. He is the father of lies. That's all he ever does. Does And so when he is working words that bring about false senses of security, he is lying. He is working through systems and groups and people in order to change perspectives, affect notions, create certain assumptions that lead you to a kind of loss of clarity around what really is going on. This is a distortion of the view, and a distortion of the view will always set you up for the surprise of reality. That's what Israel is dealing with now over there. They're kind of shocked. They're confused. They're angry. They're embarrassed. Um, And many other things, too, because you know, uh, as divided as they are, and you need to know that they are not a monolithic system. That's part of the lie of the left-right narrative. Uh, Israel is not a monolithic system. It is not a society of, of all bloodthirsty uh, Zionistic Jews. 
who who hate everybody else or want to subordinate everybody else to their agenda. It's not true. If you were to have the cameras on Israel right now, you'd see them marching in the street. It would be Jews marching against the leadership in uh, in Israel, the Knesset. It would be Jews marching definitely against uh, Netanyahu. There would be Jews marching against their military because they see things differently. And for many of us, we believe they see things much more clearly, as we often do when our government thinks it can just do anything it wants to, and we don't have anything to say about it. So one must know when you hear the faulty bifurcation, are you for the Jews or are you for the Palestinians? Do not buy that false dichotomy. It is a lie that cannot actually result in you giving and rendering the proper answer. The proper answer for you and I is that we should be on the side of right, not might. We should be on the side of justice, not on the side of the majority. We should be on the side of God and not on the side of mere men. We should be on the side of true and not on the side of propaganda. This is true every time you hear, are you for Black Lives Matter or for White Lives Matter? Are you for Jim Crow or are you for freedom? Are you for the white man or the black man? We talk about this all the time because you're constantly being tossed to and fro and made to be destabilized by these faulty categories. You and I must always be for truth, almost always. We must always be for what is right. We must always be for that which brings about a legitimate healing And that requires clarity. It 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 requires being able to see things the way that they really are so that we can make an advised decision. You and I cannot be for all vaccines are safe and effective because that is a proven lie for the longest of time. Observable, verifiable, just empirical. It's obvious. There's way too many mothers who have cried sadly for the harm that vaccines have done to their children for us to turn our ears and our eyes away from those mothers as we must not turn our eyes and ears away from the mothers of uh, Israeli men and women who have seen the harm happen to their children or the Palestinian men and women who have seen harm to their children. We may never sacrifice the vulnerable for our own party positions, our own empty, what I would call just shilling type of um non-humanitarian ideological constructs that are nothing but a party system rhetoric. They they don't work to bring peace or truth, and it always ends up causing people to be harmed. You and I must know that. It just is something that we have to be sure that we don't fall prey to, particularly if you profess to be a Christian. When I come back, I'm going to be talking to you about Christian Zionism, Jewish Zionism, as the premise for this premillennial dispensational thing that you and I have been dealing with for many decades, because it's right up on us. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. I'll be right back. To join the conversation, call 888-4KFAX. That's 888-FOR-KFAX. And now back to Lifeline. Hi, the time is... 550 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We've got about 10 minutes before we go into our second segment. I don't know who that Cheryl is, but she did a great job. It's amazing how we have moved from the larger narratives that would dominate Christendom for so many decades. She made the observation that the best thing that any woman could do is be made whole in her walk with Christ. 
uh, and present to a man a whole woman instead of thinking that you're fi- looking for your other half to make you whole. That's good logic. It's also good scriptural logic, too, because if a man is looking for a woman to make him whole, um, he is setting her up to fall. If that woman is looking for a man to make her whole, they are both setting themselves up for a fall because they're making each other out to be the God that they need. That makes sense. And we know that after so many decades of buying into all kind of fluff ideology that is mere psychology around the world, what will make you and I complete is a solid walk with God and the person of Christ. In Christ, you are complete. And when two people can actually walk in that completion, then they can enjoy themselves without foisting upon them all kind of fraudulent expectations that cannot be accomplished by them individually or collectively. <clears throat> Glad we're moving into that direction. It took a long time to come, but um, it, it be, you become smarter when you come to understand that you cannot force upon some, someone something you can't do for yourself. And God is the ultimate X factor in any relationship, if it is going to stand. Amen. Amen. Let's go to line number one and talk to Jermaine. Jermaine, are you there? Oh, hello. Hey, what's going on, man? No, nothing much. Just uh, enjoying the show. Good, good. What's your thoughts? Well, just um, to kind of answer your question, I, I think. Okay, so are, are you up for answering the uh, Netanyahu-Biden uh, correlation question? I'm going to give it a shot. All right, great. I love that. All right, let's talk about it. <clears throat> well, um, for me, the, the first thing that sticks out is the uh, the COVID response that they both had, where they had a two-tier system for their citizens after saying they wouldn't do such a thing. And then also going even further back, both of them are connected to uh, Mr. Mr. Klaus Schwab in the World Economic Forum. Yes, sir. And they they seem to have, you know, virtually the same exact tactics as far as how they, they dealt with uh, COVID and everything else in uh, both of our societies. So for me, it's not that much of a shock because I was wondering what was going on in Israel and Israel kind of became a, a testing ground. And what we saw over there, we started to see over here. And both of those policies didn't work. They failed miserably and those citizens were able to uh, contract the disease after not being able, not supposed to be able to in the first place. So that's uh, the first thing that sticks out, just their membership and their association with the World Economic Forum and their, uh, their the way they handled the COVID response. Absolutely. They are both uh, engaged in globalism at the maximal level. They sit with Klaus Schwab. Uh, as well as the other uh, other nation states, Australia, Canada, parts of Europe as well. They get their marching orders. They are not ultimately uh, uh, men uh, of allegiance to their own country. <clears throat> they certainly see the populace as guinea pigs. Israel is poorly uh, poorly given over to uh, that whole gene therapy technology for uh, about 90%, 95% of its citizens, and they are suffering horrible, horrible side effects as a consequence of it. They hate that event that went down. They hate it with a passion. 
we were a little bit more um, capable of pushing back in America because, first of all, as you know, African-Americans just don't trust their government for all kind of lies that they have done in the past, particularly within within the ranks of medical experiments. You are a fool as a black person if you just buy what your government says on a medical technology technology level. Uh, ad hoc, it means you have not uh, paid attention to history. So we were largely able to avoid it. I think there was a 45% uh, sucker rate on the part of African Americans uh, thinking that, you know, uh, uh, a snake one once or twice might try to strike at you, but the third time he won't. No, he'll strike at you the third time as well. And that's exactly what Biden did. Um, but here are the real correlations, you guys, between Biden and uh, Netanyahu. They are both under charges by their government for um, for um, for um, criminal behavior. They're both actually uh, up for charges that could put them in jail for uh, crimes uh, against their government. And, and I'm thinking that um, they are probably dealing with the same kinds of crimes that the Biden family is dealing with in terms of um, long-term participation in their government. Netanyahu has been around a long time a long time. People don't know that. He's not a Johnny-come-lately. He's been in politics a long time, uh, him and his family, as well as the Bidens. And uh, Netanyahu was just about to be ousted before this attack occurred on October 6th, which really gave him an opportunity to kind of set aside the political agenda for the moment, because it was very clear that he was going to be ousted and he used that as an opportunity to become, once again, a military messiah. And this is exactly what Biden is doing. He's in the tank, as well as Netanyahu was in the tank. They are both up for criminal charges of, you know, uh, of a very nefarious nature. Biden's is obvious. Everybody knows this. Uh, Putin knows it. Jean knows it. Uh, Iran knows it. Uh, Hamas knows it. As I shared with you guys uh, a few weeks ago, Hamas celebrated the uh, incoming president, President Joe Biden, when he came in. And he literally on the Internet um, welcomed them for their support. So you guys, you may not know, like I stated before, um, there are powers that be that are playing both sides against the middle. This is why we want to refuse the notion of an idea of a true left right political um, um, dialectic going on here. They're really working uh, on both sides. So that is the curious correlation be th between these two that's absolutely uh, fascinating to me. And it's very possible if the predictive programming works out and we go into uh, a third world war, Iran enters into this, uh, Qatar enters into this, uh, Egypt enters into this, Hezbollah enters into this, and then, you know, the uh, the United Nations, or at least NATO, enters into this. I don't think they're going to get full support, but it could turn nasty and ugly, and both of these men will be around a lot longer than the uh, 24 uh, elections, and that would be a tragedy for America because other things are coming down the pike as well that will be problematic for us. Jermaine, I'll give you the last word before I let you go. Well, just, um, you know, I think that the World Economic Forum, Dr. Uh, Klaus Schwab, he has also wrote a book called The uh, the Great Narrative. And yes. Both of those books are available for under 40 bucks. The problem is most people won't read it, but 
if you really look at the direction things are going, it's not a surprise. I, I personally, someone with those mannerisms and that accent who has the mannerisms of a supervillain, I, I kind of find it ironic that people are taking orders from him. So I'll just leave that there. Right. No, I appreciate that. That's what happens in a society when wickedness reaches levels of technological and um, ideological harmony. So so what you got going on with the uh, World Economic Forum and the Council for Foreign Relations and Davos and uh, the crumbling of the nation states under the banking industry, under uh, you know, Vanguard, BlackRock, and a lot of the institutions that basically runs uh, the uh, stock market and the S&P and all of that. They, they run that. The banking system, the Federal Reserve, which is part of the International Monetary Fund, those are all absolute trillionaire institutions that largely tell Western governments what to do. And this is why I was talking about the uh, donkey or the ass of Balaam and Balaam himself being the false prophet going around telling lies. The, the ancient and the honorable, he's the head, Isaiah 9, 15. The prophet that tells lies, he's the tail. And this is the, again, this here is the uh, reverse motif. This is the uh, chaos motif I talked to you guys about yesterday. Whenever you see the chaos motif going on, you know that God is warning us about judgments. And this is what he meant when he says that he will give the basis of men to rule in the kingdoms of men. When when society is not able to rein in their leaders and stop them from their wicked behavior, he gives us up to these calamitous uh, chaotic experiences that are called tribulation because we don't hold our leaders, uh, we don't hold them checked, we don't hold them accountable for their behavior. We're going to see what Israel does because Israel is uh, really, they're really chopping at the bit to stop him this time. And we'll see what happens. Uh, it is slated that Biden won't be the nominee this time around, but we'll see. There's a whole lot of witchcraft, a whole lot of alchemy, a whole lot of uh, deception, a whole lot of necromancy, a whole lot of calling up of the dead, a whole lot of Balaam soothsaying that goes on at the upper echelons of our society with all of the secret societies working together to achieve outcomes. This is why they can get behind the camera and smile as they know that they have the power to push things in the direction that they want to go. That's why Hillary Clinton is sitting back with herself, enjoying what's happening, because at least in her mind, Donald Trump is uh, the Leviathan that's kind of caged and put uh, in check right now, and he might end up losing his freedom. And if that's the case, then you're hawkish neocons with their uh, agenda for a... Um, one world government and a pseudo Christ, antichrist, um, pseudo millennial outcome will begin to move into closer effect. Uh, and that's what we have to talk about as well. The false interpretation of eschatology that has prevailed in Europe and in America um, for now some 150 years so that people can realize that we are dealing with a um, a, a, an imposter when it comes to biblical eschatology and it's deceiving Christians everywhere. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. Your host, Jesse Giston. Going to take a break. Three lines are open. one 367 I'll be right back. 
To join the conversation, call 888-4KFAX. That's 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. And now back to Lifeline. We are back. The time is 6.08 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Thanks, uh, Jermaine, for that observation. Here we are uh, in our second hour. Let me go to line number two and talk with James from the Bay. James, are you there? Hey, PJ, how you doing, sir? I'm doing pretty good. Good, good. What's your thoughts, man? What's going on? Um, My thought was um, I want to get this part of it right. I mean, when it comes to God, God's business with him and the Jews, if it was God who, in a sense, scattered the people out of the out of the land, out of the native land, would that be correct? Yeah. Okay, so if he was the one that scattered, it's going to be up to him to bring them back. And, of course, I got that from some of the videos we have been watching, when it was a group of people who did arrogantly decided that, they're the Messiah, the good people, the Messiah. I guess that would be the Zionists who said, we're going back and we're going to take it. And it's like, how, you know, you know, arrogant is that? You, man can't just appoint himself to do something in this guy's business. They have to learn how to stand down. But I guess that's what, I don't know, globalists do or what have you. I just, that's just kind of ironic to me how a person thinks they can do God's business. Uh, I, I, I just don't get that. Right. But yeah. if you if you, if you pay attention to your scriptures carefully, this is exactly what fallen humanity and, da- and angels do all the time. Let's walk this through. This will help right. a lot of people who may not like the grading against the chalkboard of me always exposing premillennial dispensational theology for being the fraud that it is. But it has to be stated because it's been enjoyed by uh, non-discerning Christians, as I've stated, for decades upon decades. You know, you, you get a Christian, he comes into the church. He doesn't know that he's already coming into a um, uh, regulatory captured system. Most of our denominations have gone through seminaries and schools that have already laid out the uh, geopolitical landscape of uh, religious participation uh, without being real critical of history, real critical of sound exegesis, uh, real critical of the players who have played a role in uh, inserting into our theological uh, anthems um, uh, things that are contrary and alien to the word of God. You've already began to learn about different men who have played a role in uh, producing and affecting, if you will, uh, premillennial dispensational theology. I've taught us that several times at Grace. C.S. Schofield is the person that they use, a very ominous uh, and wicked man, a very deliberately uh, uh, con man who uh, gave, uh, who participated in the development of what was called the Schofield Bible that was used to kind of be perpetrated around uh, America and Europe as the blueprint and grid for an eschatological framework of Israel coming back to the land. That that piece of work, which was a consequence of uh, Schofield engaging with others by a very nefarious method of interpretation, dreams and visions and, and notions of the return of Israel and a kind of uh, what we know now historically is a Christian Zionist method of eschatology that is ethnocentric in nature, nature, 
um, asserting that Israel uh, would be at the center of, of history as an eschatological outcome. And so Christian Zionism has been a major role for 150 years uh, and more to assist the uh, Jewish Zionist, and this is all very clearly documented, in bringing them back to the land. Uh, under the British in 1917, as you know now, and I'm telling you guys to dig into this deeply so you can see the controversy behind it and understand that uh, Daniel chapter 11, verse 14 is coming into play. The robbers of your people are rising up to seek to establish division, but it won't stand. And so um, historically, the notion of eschatology never had within it this idea of dispensations or this idea of a parentheses period or this idea of a two people of God theory or this notion of a seven year tribulation period, which you could never find in the book of Revelation. Or this idea again of uh, is of the church being the concubine of Christ and Israel being the bride of Christ. None of that was ever part of eschatology, going all the way back to the patristic fathers up to the Reformation. At best, you had a literal millennium with uh, with Jewish people ultimately being saved toward the end of time, but not this elaborate system that's being communicated now after 150 years or so, of which many of us who are solidly uh, committed to a radical Christocentric interpretation of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation, we know that there's only one covenant. It's the covenant of redemption established in Christ by his blood at the cross when he said, this is the New Testament in my blood, which was shed for you. We're not dealing with going from the new covenant back to the old covenant, building temples, reestablishing priesthood, using red heifers, establishing a new Levitical um, observation from a from a, a priesthood standpoint. We're not we're not. The Bible does not advocate that at all. But your Christian Zionists are willing to abandon the New Testament and its consummating revelation, uh, summing up the Old Testament in the person of Jesus and making him the ultimate uh, Jew, the ultimate Israel, and the uh, the ground and root of our identif- identification with Abraham, as Paul said in Galatians three. If you if you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, and the body of believers, whether Jews or Gentiles, are one in Christ. All that is thrown away once you buy into the militarism that has been taking place by your um, neocons and your Christian Zionists that are promoting. Um, Israel going into the land. And to further um, speak into your query, James, about um, the idea of forcing the hand of God, if you will, uh, Christian Zionists have been using that language for decades. Arrogant Christian Zionists, and Hagee is one of them, uh, and unfortunately others who hold the premillennial dispensational view as well um, are are seeking to be the robbers of your people that will establish the vision, but it won't stand. Uh, it was J. Vernon McGee, and I'm so glad to be able to say it after many, many years of listening to him and, and appreciating his his exegesis of Scripture. But I always disagreed with him on his premillennial view. What he did say as a caveat was it, the children of Israel being in the land since 1948 um, by virtue of a uh, um, legitimate decree by the United Nations that the land of Israel uh, is going to be at least partially a home for the Jews. They did not expel or extirpate 
or seek to get rid of the Palestinian people. That has nothing to do with the United Nations um, uh, agenda back in the day. Um, That's something that has to be parsed and talked about ultimately. But uh, their attempt at restoring the land, uh, returning to the land, J. Vernon McGee made it very clear. No, God was not in that and God will not be in that until they are able to say, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. And it's very clear, even by Orthodox Jews, that they are not looking to nor intending to look to Jesus, Yeshua Hashim of Israel, the Nazarene, to be the Messiah. And so the Christian Zionists are playing a very dangerous uh, dialectical game where out of one part of their mouth they say they're Christians, but out of another part of their mouth, they're playing playing a powerful political game at the expense of people's lives in the name of preserving so-called Israel, which is a conversation we can continue to have. And that methodology is unbiblical, is unchristian. This is why so many Palestinians, so many Jews, so many Christians, so many Muslims are rising up against them today, and they're having a hard time persuading people that what they're doing is right because it's not right. There's no biblical sanction for what they're doing. It may be a political sanction. It's not a biblical sanction. Christians don't have a foot to stand on with this premillennial dispensational view without being a warmongering system. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. Got to take a hard break. Got a couple more calls to deal with as we continue forward. We'll be right back. To join the conversation, call 888-4KFAX. That's 888-FOR-KFAX. And now back to Lifeline. The problem is... The Lord Jesus in Matthew 28, 19 and 20 did not give us a command to recommend the gospel. He gave us a command to preach it. Preaching is the power of God unto salvation to those that believe. It is both the offense and mechanism by which people are saved. We preach Christ crucified. That's the power and wisdom of God. You reduce the gospel to a recommendation, and you are an utter failure. Going back to the previous uh, sort of um, commercial, and it was a beautiful one that sister was talking about, the invasion of Marxist ideology in our universities, the invasion of uh, monies by uh, Arabs into our universities. You notice how now all of a sudden you're hearing the commercials giving you the sort of optic and pictures of the people that you're supposed to be afraid of in terms of manipulating and influencing you in certain kinds of ways. This is what we mean by patterns. These patterns used to go on many years ago when you were told every second of the day to be afraid of terrorist bombs, terrorist threats, terrorist this, terrorist that. You got to be very careful how to read commercials, ladies and gentlemen, because they skew you a wrong way. Now, there are those who may be listening who are a little bit uh, uneasy by me challenging and exposing the premillennial dispensational position. But this is something I've been doing you know, all my life. Um, and and you're you're struggling with the cognitive dissonance that comes with a prepackaged uh, landscape adversarial sort of uh, a position. You've been forced 
to buy into a pro-Israel position. But you don't like the fact that all of those people in Palestine are being killed. You don't like that. But you can't say it out loud because if you do, then you're going to be told that you're anti-Semite. See, this is what I mean by politics controlling you. See, but you have to rise up like Jesus did in love on the Samaritan, which the Jews hated. You have to rise up and love on the women, the sinners, which the rulers of Israel hated. Now, we have to make sure you parse this, too, because what your media is going to tell you is that all Jews are represented by the term Jew and the Jews themselves would not agree with you. They just would not agree with you. There is a political Jewish constituency is liberal. You got a moderate Jewish constituency. You got the Zionist Jewish constituency, and they're all at odds over there in Palestine against each other. You got Palestinian Jews. You've got Palestinian Christians. You've got Palestinian Muslims, and they're all recognizing the problem with a Zionist uh, uh, fortified agenda of extirpating the Palestinians from the land. They're in conflict. But yet what you're hearing over here in your mainstream media as part of propaganda is whenever the term Jew is used, you are to think monolithically. It's just one people group, the people of God. Don't look at them. Don't discern them. Don't expose them. Don't use Christian frameworks around it. Don't say what Jesus said. Don't say what Paul said. Don't use the New Testament. Your job is to simply take the political diatribe of your mainstream media and succumb to it. But if you do that, you have abandoned your Bible. The best way to love a Jewish person is to tell them in love they need Jesus. That's right. I mean, you can't force them. But that's the best thing. And a, and a, and a legitimately, solidly uh, Torah-based uh, Jew who really understands Torah and is believing in the coming of Messiah, Mashiach, whether that is a political Mashiach or not, they would understand the sincerity of the Christian. They wouldn't be mad because a Christian says you need Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the Zionists would because the Zionist is viscerally hostile to New Testament language, New Testament theology, that all of the Old Testament is summed up in the person of Jesus. This is why they don't like Paul. Paul said that Jesus is the end of the law for righteousness, the fulfillment of it, the totality of it. Teleos is our Greek term, the finality of it, the summation of it, the personification of it. Jesus said it himself, you are searching the scriptures and in them you think you have eternal life, but they are they which testify of me, but you will not come to me that you might have life. And he said in those same verses, another will come in his own name and him you will receive. And this is what I was saying before the break, having listened to J. Vernon McGee for many, many years. He conceded that the Jews would be deceived by a false antichrist system. I do, too. I really do believe if you look up a year or two from now after the conflagration of a war that we're about to enter into, and there is the destruction of the uh, the uh, the uh, the mosque there in Jerusalem and the um, reestablishing of a temple, you are seeing the Antichrist system emerging for sure. It won't be biblical eschatology. It will be a man-made system warning you about a one-world government 
with an ecumenical, syncretistic, uh, religious, pseudo-antichrist system ready to deceive the whole world. You can be an advocate of it if you want to, or you can actually preach the truth, which is in Christ, and stand on the scriptures. You can do a better job, in my opinion, of a proper exegesis of scripture around eschatology, and you can be open to hearing all views of eschatology so you can have some integrity about it instead of simply buying hook, line, and sinker the package that was sold to you by C.S. Schofield and others because it was the fuel that led to the Zionist movement, both Christians and Jews, that have us in the conflict we're dealing with now, um, not even being able to establish a two-state relationship, and certainly not a one-state relationship, because that's not what Zionism wants. It's very important for you guys to understand um, what it means to be Balaam, or Balaam's ass. One or the two. We are one of the two when we're ignorant of the fact that Christ must be the Messiah riding um, the ass into Jerusalem and uh, and having men and women prophetically acknowledge Hosanna, Hosanna, the uh, the 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 one coming who is the, who is the Son of the Highest, the Most High God. Uh, him we should praise and adore because he came into the world to redeem us from our sins. And when we get away from that message and get to a and begin to embrace and adopt a man-centered, uh, politically oriented, ethnocentric, war-fueled, hostile to other ethnic groups ideology, we're far, far from the Christian gospel. Uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We're far from that. We are a slave of a regulatory capture that is ideological, that is political, that is social in nature, that is um, humanistic in nature, that is antichrist in nature. And we need to recover from that. We certainly need to recover from that. If America is going to actually live out its so-called mission for supporting the cause of the gospel around the world. I'm going to take another break, and then I'm going to just work through our calls with uh, Ken, Dave, and Leslie. I do have one line open, one 367 I would just ask you to think about these things. Don't just buy stuff hook, line, and sinker. Think about it because ideas do have consequences. And don't let people tell you who your enemies are. Let God tell you who your enemies are. I'll be right back. To join the conversation, call 888-4KFAX. That's 888-FOR-KFAX. And now back to Lifeline. And glad to be back on this Monday edition of Lifeline doing my public service announcements, trying to help you guys think deeply and push beyond the veil of a superficial narrative. Um, You can just do your own Google search, John Nelson Darby and um, Cyrus S. Schofield and the controversy of their eschatological scheme some 150 plus years ago. You'll find all kind of data and information around it. And then plug in the word Zionism and go to work and you'll begin to see the controversy that's trying to be kept hid from you around eschatology. And then you'll get a chance to admonish your pastors for not being honest about the controversy. Um, and uh, and they need to. They need to be much more solid in their theological uh, foundation and are able to admit that they're more than one view. 
more than one view out there and has been for millenniums. And, and they need to be honest about that. Somebody just emailed me just a moment ago about their doctor saying to them they recommend them take the uh, the jab, the, uh, the so-called booster. And then I told them, you need to ask him yourself, what's the evidence that the booster works? There won't be any because they didn't do any real trials to make sure the booster works. They're hoping you're just conditioned to buy into the notion. And in fact, there's a lot of controversy going on about these jabs that DNA particles have been found in them, which was a warning that was given uh, several years ago. And they are not able to actually answer as to why that is the case. And a lot of it has to do with making billions of batches of jabs when you cannot regulate the um, quality assurance of those things. That's is absolutely absurd to think that you're going to get a level of quality assurance when you're talking about billions of uh, vials across the world in different companies in villages and in, in uh, you know, in backyards and warehouses. Who can determine that you can maintain a consistency of quality of any kind of drug, let alone something that is talking about having 7 billion people take? This is absolutely insane. We're not thinking things through, ladies and gentlemen. And you have to take care of your own health as well as you have to take care of your own spiritual health. Let me go to line number one and talk with Ken from San Jose. Ken, are you there? Yes. Uh, hello, uh, Pastor Gustan. So, what I'm calling about is um, uh, the uh, buildup of um, of anti-Israel worldwide uh, sentiment, including Russia now coming in saying they well they've been supporting Hamas and are you accusing Israel of being Nazi? So it seems like it's building toward the um, the uh, revelation in Ezekiel 38 where. Where you know the whole world essentially ganks up in Israel, then they they come on like a cloud over the whole landscape, and then God suddenly intervenes against it. Can you comment on that? Is that uh, possibly uh, re, um, a result of the current situation? This for build up. Yeah, that's that's your that's your main staple premillennial dispensational interpretation of the Book of Ezekiel, and there's nothing exegetically sound about it at all. There's nothing exegetically sound about that at all. Russia is not in view. China's not in view there. When it was, when Ezekiel was talking about these things, he wasn't rushing up the hill to put a tag, a donkey, a tag, uh, on, uh, on Putin or put a tag on Lenin or Stalin. We've been doing that for decades now. The Antichrist is Hitler. The Antichrist is Stalin. The Antichrist is Mussolini. The Antichrist is this or that or, um, the false prophet. All of that is bad. The response that you guys are engaging in is because of condition. It's just the mental conditioning. And also, if you listen to more media than you're listening to, um, you wouldn't hear all of the nations are surrounding Israel. Poor Israel is being surrounded by all the nations. That's not a fair assessment that you've got a comment by Putin or a comment by Iran or a comment here or there. That's not the picture of all the nations gathering around Israel to destroy them. That is an eisegetical approach to the text of Scripture that really won't stand. We've been through this before. This is what I mean by patterns. We've been through this in the 60s. We've been through it in the 70s. We've been through it in the 80s. We've been through it in the millennium. Here we go again with people being shocked into thinking that, oh, here it is. We've been told by our pastors that, you know, Russia and and uh, and China are, are a swarm 
aren't eternal enemies and the only people that are right and good on the earth are Americans and Jews, um, it's just not going to work. It's not going to work in terms of a New Testament expression. All of sin comes short of the glory of God. And God's people are not ethnic people. God's people are people who are chosen in Christ from every nation, kindred, tribe, and tongue. That's New Testament theology. I do sympathize with you because of the diet you've been fed, right along with all kind of other people around this. I do sympathize with you, but what I'm trying to tell you to do is broaden your periphery of analysis. Go to other sources and listen to what people are really saying about what's going on and why they would be um, rising up against what um, uh, an element of Israel, the military of Israel, with not you, not Yahoo, not Netanyahu, are doing when it comes to killing tens of thousands of, uh, of Palestinians. Ken, are you still there? Yes, I'm here. So let I, me ask you a question. Hold on, up. hold on. Let me ask yeah, you a question. I'm yeah. glad you're here. Can I ask you a question? Uh-huh. Are the Palestinians human beings? Of course. If they deserve Christ, they need Christ just like everybody, yeah. Do they deserve to live? Yes, um, I just want to ask you one more Let thing. Let me ask you a few more up. things. Oh, Ken, yeah. hold on. Ken, hold on. Do they deserve to live? Yes, what about the atrocities? Is there, is there a difference? Yeah. Hold on. Is there a difference yeah. between the Hamas terrorist and the Palestinian people who are trapped yeah. between the Hamas people and uh, and the military of Israel. Is there a difference between those people? Yes, I see the difference, yeah. Okay. Is, is it worthy of application that we would say cease to fire and use strategic military ability to go after the real enemy and not kill 10,000 people uh, in a collective punishment um, because of the death of 1,500 Jewish people who were killed, which was a atrocity, a hateful despair? Despicable, demonic thing that needs to be dealt with. Do we as Christians have a right to um, engage in the kind of uh, disproportionate response that we have historically allowed to happen to black people, historically allowed to happen to all kinds of uh, poor ethnic folks uh, in the name of, um, you know, might makes right. I'm, I'm simply asking you the question before I answer your other question, which I want to do. But I am just always amazed at Christians who start to become so unclear and so undefinitive when it comes to something that is really simple, really simple. Does it really amount to anti-Semitism when you're saying you can do a better uh, you can do a better just war strategy than to just bomb the heck out of the whole Palestinian people. Isn't that just kind of human, let alone Christian, as a narrative, Ken? All right. Well, you know that it's hard to see how they could be selective like that. I mean, how could they go in and get Hamas without uh, some Palestinian casualties and um and the uh, you know the um, effect of um, of the fact that they use uh, uh, Palestinians as human shields, right? So you're hearing all of those narratives too. In any event, what I would say is, if they have enough 
uh, military council from all of the other United Nations, NATO people. Our military knows how to do that. We have technology that can see you moving inside of houses, in the ground. We can do it. It can be done. They know that it's going to end up with a lot of uh, Israeli casualties because they're going in on the ground. But listen, you know what I'm not going to be a part of, Ken? I'm not going to be a part of when this is all done. There were 200,000 men, women, and children destroyed, and the land of Gaza cleared out. And now if we just hold our peace a year or two from now, nothing else is to be said, and Israel continues building settlements, and the um, Palestinian people who are real human beings, and listen, kid, a good portion of them are Christians, I know that doesn't matter to Western Christians who are part of the Zionist agenda. A good portion of of them are Christians. They're not all Muslims. Some of them are Jewish. But many of them are Christians. Those were the folks that many of them go all the way back to the ministry of Christ and the ministry of the apostles. I know you guys don't know that, but it's true. So you know, help me understand why we can't be careful in our precision. Why do we have to just go in there and just destroy them like Hitler tried to do Germany and like we did when we went into Iraq? Was Iraq a, an appropriate response to um, to bin Laden, Ken? Okay, so I, I get the point what you're saying. Just please finish up that. When is that Ezekiel 38 then going to be fulfilled? I mean, something like that's going to happen. But you say it's in the future or something or what? No, I think it's. I think it was already done. I think a lot of what is taking place in terms of the allegations of premillennial dispensationalists took place when Israel was gathered back in after 587 BC. Um, We can argue about that and we can have conversations about that. But a futuristic interpretation of all of the Old Testament scripture is, uh, to me, is a very, very, very um, loose method of interpretation because you can assign terms and names to any of those Old Testament texts and make them make Gog and make Gog to be anybody. And, and again, they've done that for decades and their prophecies have failed. And what's going to happen when the prophecy fails again? I think it's a distraction, quite frankly. I think we have a system of eschatology that is promoting an antichrist culture, a world of, uh, of, of, of of nations that ultimately will uh, gather together as a one world conglomerate to the destruction of both um, Christians, Jews, Muslims, and others in terms of a monotheistic God, if it could, and they're already working towards that end now. And uh, and, 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 and this conflict that's happening in Israel is something that we have perpetuated for decades upon decades upon decades in terms of um, Zionism uh, on the part of the Jews and Zionism on the part of the Christians. That history is there. I want to ask you one question before I let you go. Have you ever heard this kind of perspective that I'm sharing with you now where I'm appealing to Christians who think they uh, know the whole matter but have not really studied these things? Have you studied these things? Not carefully, no. I just okay, all right. Thank you. I got to take a hard break. I will pick up again next week. Bless you, my brother. He told the truth. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. 
All right, we're back. We've got this last segment to go. Let me say a few things for those of you who are leaning deeply into your radio because you know you're hearing things that are right. They're right intuitively. They're right intuitively. Um, you can't build a house with just a hammer. And uh, Israel is not monolithic. The Muslim culture is not monolithic. The Palestinians are not monolithic. Like the Christian church is not monolithic. You can't brush the Christian church because the history of the Christian church is a history of fools, warmongers, crusaders, wicked men in high places, and some women in the papacy, and then in the Protestant church, engaging in the same kind of militarism that's going on today. We know our history. Uh, you know, we, we're ashamed that the left has to call us on it when we put on our self-righteous robes and try to pretend we haven't committed atrocities over the last 2,000 years. But that's what our master said when Peter took out his sword and cut off the ear of the high priest. Peter said it's not done that way. The way it's going to be done is by the power of God through the gospel and humility and, and unfortunately from time to time the shedding of blood by the lambs of God. But see, we don't want to do it that way because we're used to prevailing by power. By power. And so Islam did the same thing, took up the sword and, and now Islam is the eternal and perpetual uh, boogeyman for the West. Whenever we want to pull up boogeyman, we use Islam, then we then we use Putin, and then we use China, and we, we don't do China too much because the neocons in Washington, they sleep with all of these political um, uh, playboys as a prostitute. So does Israel. So does Israel. I can tell you behind closed doors, they all engage in war for profit. And they keep the common people on the ground tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Like my dear brother Ken, I commend him for being honest. He doesn't study these things, but he's actuated by what he hears, excited, agitated by what he hears in the media. Now, he's been listening to me for years, and he's respected my opinions at length because, you know, regretfully, I have to go against the mainstream narrative, including Christian mainstream narratives, because we just don't want to be honest and exercise the integrity of a broad analysis of the subject matters. I challenge you pastors to really understand the broad history and complexity and diversity of Islam as well. Okay, if in the same way you would want leeway for the world to understand the evolutionary development and and uh, and balance of Christendom in the 21st century, after all of the warmongering in the name of Jesus, I mean Hitler and his uh, and his third Reich were all pseudo Christians wanting to kill off the Jews. You didn't know that, did you? Yes, they were. And uh, it's real easy to become the victim of your perpetrator and want to perpetrate the same thing on others is quid pro quo. It is eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, this is life for life. It's being embedded with the spirit of your adversary and doing the same thing. And now all of a sudden, you know, you're the monster that you're running from. And good Jewish people know what I'm saying is the truth. They just do. 
And I'm trying to get Christians to wake up to that reality too. Your comfort in mind, your peace in mind is not simply joining the mainstream media outlets and being tossed to and fro every time they say jump to the right and then you're on the right or jump to the left and then you're on the left. When they've been lying to you across the history uh, of your whole life. And here you get here you are again succumbing to the media. It doesn't care. Doesn't matter if it's Fox News or CNN. You'll notice how with many of them they're in the same bed together. And I say one more time before I close out this program: You're never going to get God to agree with you, Christian, that you can just carte blank, carpet, carpet, uh, carpet bomb, or as they call it, mow the lawn and destroy tens of thousands, if not millions of people in the name of retribution, in the name of vengeance. It's a distraction. It's an utter distraction from the complexities that Netanyahu is dealing with in his own government. Tell Fox News to put the cameras on all of those people in Jerusalem that are protesting against their own military and uh, and you get good wise men and women. I'm not talking about uh, uh, Lindsey Graham or or Haley or any of the warmongers that you listen to all the time saying just kill them all, kill them all, because they don't know Jesus from the man on the moon. Your master didn't sound like that. The apostle Paul didn't sound like that. And the prophets knew measured judgment. Listen to good men and women who are reasonable on the ground. And sometimes you can learn some things from the people you stand in opposition to. Because they've been through this stuff, too. There are a lot of Muslims that hate militant Islam. There are a lot of Jews that hate militant Judaism. There should be a lot of Christians that hate militant Christianity because it's a contradiction. Supposed to be peacemakers, not warmongers. Every child is precious. Black people ought to know this. Black people ought to know this. Colored people ought to know this. Native Americans ought to know this. And when we become Christians, we don't become less human. We become more human. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord keep you in all your ways. As you stand for the truth of the gospel and rightly dividing the word of truth, having no respect of persons, and woe unto him that offends one of these little ones, for such is the kingdom of heaven.
opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.